All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another edition of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm your other host, Anthony Hookman. And we are excited to talk Friday Night Lights with you once again. We're actually getting close to recording in a remotely close time to when we're going to release these. So we can like give timely <laughs> shout outs and yeah. <laughs> references to what's going on in the world. Yeah. No uh, more uh, talking about Christmas movies around <laughs> Easter time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which will put more pressure on us to record more regularly, but I think overall will give us a better product. So we're going to go yeah, with that. Anyway. Yeah, we've been kind of we've been kind of skimping. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, which has been both of our faults. Yep. Yep, we've taken turns uh flaking out or just uh running into issues. So, yeah. It's fine. We're good. We're excited to to be back. Anthony has an eBay auction that he is keeping an eye on, so if he's distracted for the first 10 minutes, <laughs> That's yeah. why. And uh, I support in, him. In 12, 12 minutes in real time. So right. we're <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I support the vigilance on the eBay auction. So uh, do what you got to do for sure. And maybe we'll even have a live update as it happens yeah. uh, in the there podcast. So, yeah. All right, folks. Uh, so first things first. Uh, well, actually, just to clarify, Anthony, what do you let the people know what you're bidding on on eBay? So it's a uh, an original either 70s or 80s press of John Prine's third album, Common Sense. Uh, been on a real John Prine kick <laughs> lately. Um, it has been about a year since he passed as we record this. Um, and he was a guy who I, I always liked but never really dug into as far as I should have. And now, um, and actually now that I say it, I may have been incorrect in calling it his third album because i think i actually did just buy his third album i found it in last stop <laughs> cd shop um yeah. so this is maybe his fourth but i came across a copy in last stop cd shop a used record store here in sioux falls south dakota <laughs> yeah and that kind of got me going i was like oh i could find a copy of this in the wild that's you know something yeah. i probably had passed up a number of times in my early vinyl collecting days but so yeah. Uh, that kind of got me going. I picked up his debut album and his album, uh, Bruised Orange, I believe it's called. And so now I'm going for, for Common Sense. So, yep, right it's his, if Common Sense is his fourth album. Sweet Revenge, which is the first one I bought, is his third album. So Nice, nice. Well, best of luck to you. I am also on eBay quite a bit these days for cards. This is the last oh. card that I got. Uh, you can't, I can't get it to focus, but we got a little Jaron Jackson Jr. Donruss optic shock, uh, card there that I picked up. So I, let's let this be our icebreaker question. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you've been on eBay over the years, but what's, uh, either your best or weirdest eBay purchase you've ever made? <laughs> yeah. So I actually have not done much eBaying prior to the last few let's say like last month <laughs> um, mm -hmm. when I started looking for, I just happened to like search for some Dr. John albums on there and ended up finding some pretty reasonable ones. And that got me going. So I'm going to actually give you one of, of each best and weirdest yes. best one right after I had sinus surgery a year and a half ago was right around the time that I was starting to really, really dig into getting sneakers. Yeah. And, uh, I bought a pair of like worn once 
uh, Jordan won Rookie of the Years yeah. for basically retail. Nice. Um, which was like at the time even a steal, and now, yeah, definitely <laughs> is a super steal. So that's probably the best purchase that I've made off of eBay. Mm-hmm. The weirdest has to be, and I snapped you about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I picked up an album called "Freaking at the Freakers Ball" <laughs> by be- beloved children's author Shel Silverstein. Yeah, <laughs> uh, who I was a huge fan of as a kid, and it's it's one of the weirdest albums I've ever listened to. It is, I will say, um, if you Google image search "Freaking at the Freakers Ball," <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard an album that sounds exactly like the cover looks (laughs) more than this album (laughs) like it's literally just shell silverstein at a piano looking like it's a pretty raucous time and there's like you know 50 people around him and that's the kind of album it sounds like it sounds like just one dude at a piano (laughs) and just like people like singing around him you know beer steins or whatever (laughs) um but yeah it's it's really interesting because he's got like uh, he one of his poems like that I remember from childhood. It's called like uh, Cynthia Sylvia Stout wouldn't take the yeah. garbage out or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then it's followed by a song called Polly and a Porny. Like it is a very <laughs> <laughs> very or no no. It's followed by a song called I Got Stoned and I Forgot. So it's very like a mix of adult content and uh, yeah uh, children's content. There's a photo of a nude woman like in the gatefold. It's very <laughs> it's a very interesting album yeah uh the we had we had all of his poetry books growing up my dad loved to to read us some shell silverstein but he never never broke out any shell silverstein musical (laughs) albums and that's probably why i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if he owned them he probably did (laughs) i was gonna say you might might have to go digging (laughs) yeah yeah well good purchase uh man my my best purchase um not many people will find this that cool but i bought a uh jaron jackson jr spectra blue neon autograph on card no uh jersey numbered uh out of 49 so 13 of 49 card that i love and is going to be worth a lot of money someday but i don't it's one of those things that i don't know if i'll be ever be able to sell it even though Mm -hmm. like i spent a lot of money on it with the idea (laughs) of like oh i can make some money on this and then i got it it, i'm like this is way too cool i don't this is going to be tough to ever give up yep uh that's my problem with collecting anything as well that like part of me like i started jumping again on vinyl (laughs) but Mm. i um, last weekend we went to Benson's flea market and there's a copy of appetite for destruction by guns and roses mm. that they had there. And I already, I have like a 2008 repress of it, um, which oh, is yeah. fine. You know, like it gets yeah. the job done. Uh-huh. It's not na- like I, I'm, that's about as far into hair metal as I get. It's probably my favorite yeah. hair metal album of all time because I don't really care for a lot of the other stuff, uh-huh. but, um, I don't know if you know this. But there's a like original artwork for that album that got pulled uh-huh. um because it's like it's of uh like a robot raping a woman. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> um is the original artwork. And yeah. if you can find like that artwork, it's worth like five hundred dollars. So <laughs> uh-huh. the second presses, the second presses of that album are the album cover that we know, but the insert has uh-huh. that rape scene on it. And 
I happened to like pull it out and I saw it and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is <laughs> one of those like we're probably worth a little bit. And it's worth like I bought it for 20 and it's worth like 30. So it's like, yeah. oh, I could flip it. But then I'm like, but am I going to <laughs> like yeah. I that's the thing that that I yeah, I am looking at my my collection right now and I'm like, there is some that I think I would be potentially willing to get rid of and like some duplicates and stuff that someday yeah. I'll yeah. go. But right now I just watch like that's kind of the beauty of Discogs because I can just watch the value grow <laughs> right. uh, yeah. and just kind of like, oh, it's not going down yet. So, yeah, uh, where where's the eBay auction at here? What's our time? We are uh, so it's at, it ends at nine fifty. Is right now it's nine forty seven. So I gotta okay. get uh, just didn't want us to yep. talk three right minutes right. and five seconds. So okay, uh, I remember I signed up for email or email. I signed up for eBay to buy a paintball gun when I was in high school, and that <laughs> paintball gun was awesome. It had a switch and you were where you like fully auto. You were flipping PS3s, weren't you? Like that's, when those first came out. That's also what I was gonna say. Yes, <laughs> I waited in line for a, for a PS3 for like 20 hours at a Walmart, and <laughs> took too long to sell it. And so instead of making five hundred dollars, I made like a hundred bucks. So I don't know. That's not great uh, money for awesome. sitting in a Walmart for 20 hours. But I was in college, <laughs> so whatever. That's about what they paid me when I worked at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So we got to fit something in here before the auction ends. So what are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, Yep. Just a classic uh, Laphroaig. Neat in my little whiskey glass here. Uh, I was telling you before we went on air that I get my second Moderna shot tomorrow. And I Mm -hmm. read that um, if there's alcohol and even like a small amount of alcohol, all in your system when you get the shot like the side effects get kind of uh, exacerbated so i'm gonna keep it relatively light tonight so no ranting drunk anthony um <laughs> but that doesn't promise an anthony will, won't get political but um it'll probably be a a relatively straightforward episode for me <laughs> yeah yeah no alcohol required for anthony gets political <laughs> yeah uh, I have a Kuiper special. I saw, I got a special kind of Bloody Mary mix from my wife that I saw because she loves pickles. And there was a Jack Link's dill pickle flavored Bloody Mary mix. It's not mm. bad. Usually put a pickle in it anyway. So, right. Just skip the step, I guess. So, yeah, pretty basic for me tonight, but uh, very tasty. One of my neighbors when I lived in Okaboji was like obsessed with Bloody Marys. Like she like made a point that summer to like go to every bar in Boji and order a Bloody Mary and find out who had the best Bloody Mary in Boji. Uh-huh. And now she like makes her own Bloody Mary mix. Oh, uh, nice. So I got to get a hold of that uh, next time I see her. I like that. I could see myself doing that. Where are we at? Uh, 31 seconds. So I'm, okay. I'm keeping an eye. I'll, I better just get in to type in the amount. Let's get it. Uh, how about like, oh shit, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I put one digit too many. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Come on. Ooh, I'm the highest bidder. 14 seconds, 13. Go. 12, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Come on. Four, Somebody's going to come in at five two, seconds. One. No, it's I gonna- put in too odd of an amount. I put in fifteen fifty seven and it was ten fifty was my amount. So like, yes, hello. I won. Yes, we got it, folks. 
Boom. For ten fifty, that is an insane deal. <laughs> nice work. Whoever's selling it is really pissed right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. All right. Mm. Congratulations. Uh, and with that, I think we can officially start this podcast. Yes. Let me quick pay and then I'll get to Movie Dude 1. <laughs> All right. This episode is entitled How the Other Half Lives. It aired originally October 15 of 2008, my senior year of college we're looking at here now. So really just the prime, the prime <laughs> of life. Uh, yeah. Well, does Movie Dude want to have anything to say about this episode? I uh, sure does, Josh. Coach Taylor feels pressured when the boosters corner him at the annual barbecue. Tim gets pressured from his brother about helping him score some extra cash to pay for his impending wedding while getting pressured at the same time from Lila to try and turn his life around. And her father isn't any help either. (laughs) Julie and Matt continue to bond while Smash's future gets offered an option. Hmm. Uh, I'm having trouble deciding initially if that was uh, acceptable or not. I... Uh, this is below average for me. This is, uh, I would say, a, a three or a four. Um, really? Yep. Just because he loses steam at the end. Um, yeah, that weird, did. the weird, and her father isn't any help either. Is a weird, like transition. Like he started that with an ellipsis. Yes. <laughs> like that, which is uncharacteristic. We don't see that for movie no, dude one. No. Yeah, try and turn his life around, dot, dot, dot. And the father isn't any help, comma, either, period. Uh, and then, yeah, just didn't even try on the last sentence. Yeah, just completely ran out of gas in the last uh, sentence covering Julie and Matt and, uh, and Smash. So I think this is at best a four, but I'm leaning a, a three. Okay, I, I kind of feel like it's a four because I don't th- I don't feel like there were any wildly awful sentences it just wasn't good sometimes that that middle sentence let me read that middle sentence to you one more time okay this is the whole sentence right tim gets pressured from his brother about helping him score some extra cash to pay for his impending wedding while getting pressured at the same time from lila to try and turn his life around and her father isn't any help either (laughs) it is a ugly sentence like yeah, even just a mess. gets pressured from his, from his brother about helping him <laughs> score some extra cash <laughs> you, you can't even read paper. it <laughs> yeah like it is all right i'm probably uh i was probably grading it on a movie dude one curve which uh, right uh okay it's, it's low anyway but yeah i i think Three. it's a bad all right, we'll give you a three, Movie Dude One. Uh, he's kind of been not doing well as of as of late, uh, and that's Movie Dude One we're talking. Season about three too, got so to him, I guess so. All right, well, let's get into it then. Okay, this episode starts out with Tim and Billy Riggins. They're yeah. double dating. Yep, we've got the whole squad. We've got Tim, we've got Lila, we've got Billy, we've got Mindy, we've got Tyra. Uh, I believe Makhaled is there. Yeah. Um, they're at a bar, they're having fun, they're dancing, there's live music. 
Uh, it's really a relic of another time, or it kind of feels like one after the the year we've had, Josh. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, just pitchers flowing and da- yeah, dancing all over the place. Uh, I remember those times. Uh, I don't know. Well, but after tomorrow, we'll both be fully vaccinated. Maybe we'll be, I uh, I don't know if this was Seven Sisters Cantina, but uh, <laughs> maybe we'll be hitting up the Seven Sisters yeah. ourselves uh, one of um, these days here. Well, that's, I, I, I do have to tell you this and I, you can, I guess, leave it in if you want to. <laughs> um, the last time we were supposed to record, uh, I, well, it was supposed to be on Friday night and you canceled and then we transferred it to Saturday night. And then I canceled because we, um, we had some friends in town, uh, and they were like, Oh, let's meet up at Fernson's. So we had a couple beers there, of course, had their Nashville uh, hot chicken sandwich, which is yes, for. the best. And then as we're, we're drinking and talking who struts up through that little promenade there uh-huh. by Fernson, but Michael Harris. Oh my gosh. So we're like, well, <laughs> I guess, you know, let's go somewhere else. So we went down to Carpenter Bar. I don't know if you've been to the Carpenter Bar. No, I've never, where, never even heard of that one. Uh, it's where Stogie's used to be right downtown um, on on Phillips. And, yep. and let me tell you, they make a mean old fashioned. Um, oh, yeah. Is that the one that you talked to? Referenced? Not that. No, not oh. that one. That one's at uh, Crawford's, I believe. Um, I always get Crawford's and Parker's mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's Crawford's. Um, so hundred dollar bar tab later. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you've, uh, you've saved a lot of money over the last year of, of not having a bar. Yeah. Tab, so, yeah. yeah. Well that's, and that's like what I told Angie is I was like, God, I think I just got caught up in it. Like being able to be at a bar. I mean, we were outdoors. We were okay. They, yeah. have, they have outdoor seating. Uh-huh. And so they're bringing out the, bringing out the drinks to us. And I mean, there were $10 drinks, you know? Um, and right. I mean, that's a hundred dollars after the tip, um, and buying Angie's drinks too. So, um, <laughs> it's probably like eight 30 and I am <laughs> done and, um, blacked out. Um, remember a little bit, woke up the next morning. You ever, you know, like you wake up, the next morning it's like 6 a.m and you have that like you thought about what you did and you go like oh shit so (laughs) in my drunken stupor i uh (laughs) called angie's dad with angie present oh what and (laughs) asked him for angie's hand in marriage (laughs) oh my god yeah so that's well, you got that out of the way now. Yeah, I sure did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He was happy. Uh, he was very excited about it. So. Oh, good, good. I was um, going to ask, did, do you remember what he said? Or <laughs> So I, I definitely remember him being like, oh, yeah. Um, but, and Angie took a video of it. She's got a two and a half minute video on her phone, which I watched about 30 seconds of and was like, turn this off immediately, please. I cannot watch this. Yikes. Um, but apparently he did not know that I was drunk. <laughs> Oh, nice. But then (laughs) we got back home and um, uh, FaceTimed him. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, he's still like the next day, like actually Angie's mom texted the next day and was like, so I'm really excited. (laughs) And I was like, well, uh, I mean, it's going to happen. Just. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Oh, wow. That was. 
That was eventful. That was a grand return back into the <laughs> public drinking world. Yeah. yeah. So I, needless to say, haven't been out since. <laughs> I haven't spent much time outside of the apartment since. I'm frankly embarrassed I might see anybody who might recognize me. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you texted me to be like, listen, I am a little <laughs> too far along already. I know. It's not, but that was like 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, I could tell, like, and that was, I think, in my, I think I had my first old fashioned, and I was kind of like, I can tell how where this is going, and I still have to watch the episode. I hadn't yeah. even watched the episode yet, yeah. and I, that was the clincher for me. It was like, I'm not going to be able to take notes. Yep. Yeah, for and sure. like, if I had watched the episode, I would have maybe limited myself. Yeah, and just come in with a decent buzz on, but no, it was. I could tell, I was like. <laughs> I, I'm too far gone now to watch yeah. the episode and take competent notes and then record. It's yeah. Let's just throw it in the towel. Hey, all right. Well, congratulations <laughs> on getting back out there, <laughs> living you. your true Riggins lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We are one sentence into my notes so far and we've yes. been recording for an hour or no half an hour. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, yeah, they're at the bar. They're having fun. They're having a good time. <laughs> um, it might be seven senoritas cantina. We're not sure. <laughs> um, yep. But as Tim and Billy are driving home, they're uh, arguing. Yeah. About money. About money. Yeah. Billy's worried about money. He's got the wedding coming up. And I can't remember how what tim was spending all the ordering a steak or whatever oh yeah he ordered the like 30 dollar steak when yeah. when he knows that billy's got a wedding to pay for yeah he was going full buddy garrity uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't order the raw squad but <laughs> uh yeah so billy's obviously worried about money because of the wedding and they stop by some sketchy house lou on the way home and yeah lou answers the door it becomes apparent that Billy's getting into some shady business. Yes. Um, Lou seems upset um, mm-hmm. that, that Billy has shown up. Um, yeah, that's kind of all we get for now from that. Yep. Uh, Coach and Matt walk, are walking out to practice, and J.D. McCoy is already on the field, and he is having his own practice with his personal quarterback coach that his yeah. parents have hired for him. Heard they flew him in from Dallas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they've got a small crowd. They've got uh, Joe McCoy. They've got Bill, Buddy Garrity and some some characters I don't know that we've ever seen before. If they're nope. gathered around. Nope, just some looky-loos <laughs> to uh, check, out, check out young J.D. McCoy. Uh, Matt looks shook, visibly shook by, by this. Um, but coach tells him, don't worry about it. That's not my quarterback. You are my quarterback. Uh, JD's JD's daddy is there. As you said, Joe, uh, doing his stud of suds thing, just kind of <laughs> schmoozing the schmoozing the crowd. Uh, that's there schmoozing coach. He's making it clear to coach that JD is ready to play. And he's ready if coach wants to switch to the spread for the Arnett Mead game. Uh, yeah, if coach wants to mix it up, JD is very familiar with the spread. And should coach need to call on him, he's good to go. 
Coach is pretty annoyed, but handles it about as well as a person being put in that situation could handle it. Yeah. Back at home, Coach is kind of complaining, belly aching to Tammy about uh, Joe McCoy in general and his hate for him or his disdain for him at least. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Tammy is concerned about the uh, booster party, the barbecue. She's, she's feeling the pressure, if you will. Yeah. Yes. The, the party. Come on, movie dude. One, you couldn't even sneak in. Tammy's feeling pressure. That, that was a v- very prominent part a of gimme. this episode. Come it was on. a gimme. Uh, Tammy definitely does not want to host this party. No. A, a, a lot to do. I mean, it's a lot of work, but a lot to do with the fact of the whole ongoing Jumbotron controversy she doesn't want people hating her in her own house basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) coach tries to kind of placate her by telling her she's sexy and (laughs) an amazing mother and wife and friend (laughs) which is that's kind of coach's go-to with tammy yeah he just tells her how complimentary and and attractive (laughs) she is and (laughs) hopes that fixes it uh smash Given given uh, young Nomi advice on the boys, and they get a call, and it turns out it is about another job that Mama Smash is picking up. Yeah, uh, Smash is kind of confused right away. Mama Smash happens to have just walked in the door as he's fielding this call and yeah. kind of presumptively handling it. <laughs> And Mama Smash kind of grabs the phone out of his hands and says, oh, no, I, you know, picked up a second job. Uh, Smash gets a little bit of a look of concern on his face. Yeah. Yeah, he he doesn't want Mama having to work so much, but, you know, it's because Mama's got to help him go to college and pay for college. Uh, Yeah, which doesn't sit too well with Smash. Tammy is at the grocery store. She's having a little confusion with the meat department. She has ordered 20 ribs, but uh, they only have two racks there. So she's pretty pissed off. Yeah. Pretty frustrated. I got to tell you, I have had just like the worst month or two with those sorts of things happening to me. Really? Of other people. And I understand that everybody makes mistakes. I understand that people have hard jobs and nobody really loves <laughs> the jobs <laughs> that they're doing. Uh, you have to deal with people, right? For your job, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. navigating crappy situations, probably. Yeah. Yes. But I just feel like for the last month and a half, two months, I get put in these positions where I order 20 racks of ribs and they only give me two. And now I am up the Creek, uh, out of luck and it is not my fault, but I got to deal with it. So I resonate with Tammy in this situation. Uh, uh, anyway, it, it triggered me. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that makes sense. I, I, I gotta say it's interesting because I've always like, even before I worked in restaurants, like mm-hmm. I had people tell me like, wow, you're really like uh, patient and like, yeah. you know, not even that's the word, like really polite to servers. 
And I guess mm-hmm. I've you know, I worked in the grocery store, I guess that maybe helped like just whatever. Um, and actually the only like customer service incident that I ever had was right after I started serving in Okaboji. <laughs> Um, that like I ran into a customer service situation that I found to be very unacceptable and I like fought pretty hard and I got my way. <laughs> <laughs> that away. That away. Um, and uh, I was right. So uh-huh. I will say, even though I've been very pissed off multiple times over the last couple of months with multiple situations, I'm always very kind, very patient. I know that this sucks for everyone to have to deal with. And mm-hmm. usually it's going to go better if you treat people well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to maintain my uh, not only politeness, but kindness and understanding, even in frustrating situations. But I definitely cuss them out after I hang up the phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. I definitely like I go about pretty much every human interaction um, for sure, like 99%. Uh, with just in my mind being like, okay, just don't piss anybody off. And I think I do <laughs> a relatively good job of that. Obviously, you're going to have some just jerks out there that are just going to be jerks. Yep. And sometimes you just kind of got to fight fire with fire, even though you probably shouldn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, you got to pick your spots. And I, I haven't really had one of those in a while. So yeah. I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, in those situations, I consciously tell myself, I want to make, uh, everyone's day better. Even if this is a crappy situation, just because it's a crappy situation doesn't mean that it has to make other people feel crappy. So yes, these are, this has been, this has been life lessons (laughs) with Josh and Anthony. Hopefully you learned a little something, uh, along the way of this. Be kind. Be kind. Uh, Yes. But so Tammy's very frustrated in who should be there. And Tammy doesn't realize who, who this is, but, uh, uh, Katie McCoy is yeah. there and she would like to just sneak in and buy some New York strip, which is this like Peter Berg's favorite, uh, <laughs> cut of steak. Why are they always talking about New York strip on this? This is three no. different episodes that have referenced New York strip. <laughs> we have, uh, buddy cooking them. Uh, for Lila, yep, forty dollars. Uh, <laughs> the um fancy restaurant, yep, scene with yeah, with yeah, with the McCoys, and now, are no, not the McCoys. Yes, the McCoys. No. Was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, so long since we recorded that I thought for sure that was from a previous <laughs> season. But apparently not. Yeah, no. And then now at the grocery store. So either these people don't know steak and they're that's like the one reference they know or they just really love new york strip maybe it's a, a weird bit maybe they wanted to like they're like let's see if we can sneak a reference to new york strip in every episode of season three so keep an eye out for an episode four if there's a new york strip reference we yeah. know we're on something because we're on maybe there's been a, a theme like that they've thrown in every episode for for the first two seasons that we completely missed. And we're just now catching on to yeah. the New York strip on season three. <laughs> it's just another conspiracy that we're breaking wide open here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apparently Katie McCoy is looking to spend at least 80 bucks on steak today. Cause according to buddy, those things cost 40 bucks a piece. So yeah, <laughs> Uh, but yes, anyway, Katie McCoy is there. They get to talking about, uh, about, uh, mom McCoy getting involved at the, at the school. She kind of offers herself to Tammy 
and basically offers her services as a master fundraiser. Yeah, she's she's willing to she's well, she kind of brings up to Tammy and I don't know if she's just being manipulative or, or if she's being genuine because these seem like people who are obsessed with their kid in every right. aspect. Right. Um she wants to donate, yeah, some more money for things like academics and like a good music program and things like that which, you know, you've you've got you're after Tammy's heart with that. Right. She really think JD McCoy is in any music programs? No way. Absolutely no. not. I can't no. imagine that they like would even let him focus on anything but football. So yeah, yeah I think that now that you say that, I think Katie McCoy is full of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh we see Tim and Lila are studying in the library and getting very public with their displays of affection. Yeah. Well, they do have a creeper watching them nearby. Tim says, don't look now. Don't make it obvious, but creeper <laughs> at seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought this was going to go somewhere. There really nothing happened no. with the creeper, except there was just a creepy kid like eyeballing them. Yeah. And Tim calling him out um, like two or three times, but yeah, nothing happened. Uh, but yes, Lila and uh, Lila and Tim seem to be going increasingly more public with their relationship. Yes. Um, they discuss the um, wedding planning party, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the following night. Um, just kind of gets mentioned. Yep. So Tammy comes home. She's raving about Katie McCoy to coach. Coach is eating beans in the kitchen. <laughs> she has this line that I did not understand. It was funny, but I did not understand it. Don't eat those sad beans. I <laughs> yeah. bought Marcello's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why are those sad beans? I don't know. Uh, I feel like all beans are kind of sad beans. I agree. 100%. If you're opening a can to eat beans, they're sad beans. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. I guess that's fair. Uh but she kind of breaks it to coach that Katie McCoy has volunteered to take on the barbecue at the McCoy's house and coach is pissed. Yeah. About this. Coach is not happy at all. He sees right through what is going on. He, uh, you know, explains to Tammy how important it is for him to be the host. Yeah. Um, Tammy kind of calls him out and says, well, didn't you say like, you know, you'd like somebody else to be the host? And he was like, well, next year, next year I could, you know, whatever, but <laughs> right. it's really important for me to be the host this year. Cause I need like to have the trust of these boys in my home or whatever. It's a sign of trust. He kind of harshly tells Tammy, Hey, you're getting played and you don't even realize it, which was yeah, pretty harsh, pretty bold. Uh, voices get raised tempers flare and honestly coach is right tammy is getting played in this situation that was a harsh thing for him to say but i agree with him yeah yeah uh knowing i was kind of on tammy's side at the time but knowing what we know um i think as the episode progresses uh coach eric taylor is completely correct (laughs) meanwhile back at practice yep matt's Struggling a little bit, just not completing passes, getting 
uh, hit, just not uh, not playing very well. Mm-hmm. On the sidelines, Max suggests that JD maybe take some snaps. Coach declines, and I don't know how you felt about this, but Mac is like, you know, it's my job on the line too, Coach. The team is undefeated. <laughs> like they're two and zero, right? Yes. <laughs> This uh, I feel like like this hasn't made sense for a couple episodes now. Like they're doing fine, they're good. Matt is doing well, but yeah, he he reminds coach his job is on the line too. He's not looking forward to U hauls and for sale signs in the yard if it doesn't go well. So, uh, the 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 quarterback controversy is has infiltrated even to the very inner workings of the Dillon Panthers coaching staff. So uh, coach feeling that pressure again. Yeah. Uh, Landry is <laughs> trying to help Matt get a leg up on JD McCoy by <laughs> studying his profile in like the freshman preview football magazine or something. There's like an article about JD McCoy. And so he's trying to glean it for information that will help Matt or something. Yeah. I had a hard time exactly (laughs) figuring out. I think he was just, I think he wasn't even trying to do that. I think he was just trying to be like, Hey Matt, this guy's really good. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like going to be pretty tough to keep your position with this guy in tow. (laughs) Cause Matt, the whole time is just like, you know, screw off Landry. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't uh, want to hear it. <laughs> which I agree with Matt there. I yeah. think, uh, screw off Landry and Landry does. He walks off in a huff. And as he's leaving, Julie comes up and tries to make some small talk by talking about the football game. And Matt kind of freaks out basically. Yeah, he, he tells Julie, you know, they're playing against Arnett Mead. Like, we never, ever beat Arnett Mead, ever. Like, not even Jason Street could beat Arnett Mead. So, he's he's feeling the pressure for sure. Yeah, he's got a great a great quote that I thought was a great little bit by Matt Saracen where he says, Meanwhile, I got this freshman, Joe Doyle, breathing <laughs> on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Doyle, great bit, man. I like that. Is that is a, a perfect dismissive <laughs> Matt Saracen um, comment. Yeah. Uh, hey, Matt's, not messing around, already shipping the... hey That's fast. Nice. May, they probably just printed the shipping label, but good for them. Right, yeah. On a Friday night. Yeah. What <laughs> a bunch of losers. <laughs> They're probably just so pissed that it sold for so little. Yeah. Like, Get this out of my site. 1050 plus shipping. <laughs> uh, Matt's uh, Alamo Freeze co-worker, Smash Williams, yes. gets uh, sought out by apparently like the owner of all yeah. Alamo Freezes, the head honcho of the, yeah. which is apparently a franchise chain. Is this... Is it just becoming like a franchise? It seems like it because they they need a regional manager. Like they straight up are. It sounds like they're inventing the job currently. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, it sounds like they're the Alamo Freeze is expanding. <laughs> I don't know if that means <laughs> I think that means over. 
I think that means some Dairy Queens are going out of business. <laughs> yeah, is what that means. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm inclined to agree, but I, I have to say, um, yeah, he he offers or uh, he asks Smash about his future with the Alamo Freeze, and uh, offers Smash this regional manager position, ten thousand more dollars a year. So I don't know how much he was making before. Probably that's not that much. <laughs> no, that's probably like twenty eight thousand dollars a year. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I got to say, knowing what we know about Smash's beginnings at the Alamo Freeze, sounds like he's really turned around. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think it's in this episode that Matt says that he got employee of the month at the Alamo Freeze again. (laughs) Smash isn't even the best employee uh, at the Alamo Freeze. But, uh, but yeah, they believe in him, which I got to say is a very, uh, progressive and forward thinking, uh, hire Alamo freeze to <laughs> hire, yeah. uh, a, a, an 18 year old to be regional. <laughs> yeah. <manager. laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, an, uh, an 18 year old who loves to give away a <laughs> mocha <laughs> with mocha jimmies. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that was to attractive ladies with extra so. jimmies, mocha, something with extra jimmies. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, good for smash for apparently turning it around. Um, Oh, um, <laughs> it's straight in my notes. Actually. It says the owner of Alamo free seeks out smash to let him know. They recently bought four old dairy Queens. <laughs> 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 Uh, they're planning on keeping the decor, <laughs> keeping the <laughs> names of the blizzards doing all that. Yep. Apparently also even keeping the Dairy Queen sign up on the side yes. of the building. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, these are all coups. These are all people, you know, yes. these, these Dairy Queens are not closing by choice. <laughs> and who knows what's going on in the basement of these places. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if we have time to get into it here. <laughs> we'll investigate further. That's for yeah. sure. We'll keep tabs on this. We're going to uh, have, by the end of this run, man breaks into Texas Dairy Queen with an AR-15 to to see the basement. Motivated by podcast reliving the lights. We will shut this thing no. down immediately if that happens. <laughs> no. Uh, motivated by a podcast uh, called Reliving the Lights, which frequently <laughs> features a segment called Anthony Gets Political. <laughs> no. Uh, a f- far left Antifa based <laughs> podcast, Reliving the Lights. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> All right. We'll keep tabs on the Dairy Queen situation. But uh, Eric comes home. And Tammy and Mom McCoy are planning the barbecue right there at the Taylor household. And it gets real weird, real tense and real awkward real fast. Yeah. Coach is um, not very shy (laughs) about expressing how he feels about the McCoys having taken over the barbecue. Yeah. Um, Very passive aggressive bordering on just aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah not a whole lot of passive about it we do uh get some good news in this scene though uh it appears that gracie has finally mutated into an actual human baby uh 
I don't know what happened, but she is not hideous anymore. I don't know if you noticed this, but I didn't know. Yeah. So I might have to, we might have to retire the shitting on Gracie segment of reliving <laughs> the lights, but uh, we'll keep yeah. an eye on it. She looked, she, she looked like an actual, yeah, infant human. So that's good. Back at the Riggins household, Billy and Mandy are doing that wedding planning that Lila and Tim were talking about previously. And Tim and Lila show up with a couple of Sixers. Yeah. And immediately a beer gets cracked. So we get the beer tally going right off the bat. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, You called her Mandy instead of Mindy there, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think we should use it interchangeably. Well, because there was, and I I almost did it earlier too, because there was a uh, Cartoon Network show in like the early 2000s called The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And so when I see their names (laughs) and I wrote it down, Billy and Mindy. So I wrote Billy's name first and that's, I, yeah, so... All right, so for here, yep. from here on out, if uh, we refer to Mindy as Mandy, uh, we're just going to use them interchangeably because I, I like that. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wedding planning starts, and they talk about their vows, and <laughs> yeah, which like is like not customary to do before the wedding, right? I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. I would think so. Typically. I've never been married, so I don't know what the uh, protocol is. But from my understanding, you like keep your vows a secret and then you read them for the first time. So things get most emotional and more emotional or whatever. Yeah, that's that's how we did it. But that's not how Billy and Mandy do it. Uh, Mandy shares her what she has written for her vows. And I'm not familiar with this movie, so I didn't recognize it. But uh Apparently, her vows are going to quote extensively from Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have seen Finding Nemo. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, which I should probably revisit it because it is a good one. Um, but uh, apparently, it's a recognizable quote from Finding Nemo because Lila recognizes it immediately and thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, she thinks it's a joke. Starts laughing. And... That does not go over well with the Colette family, who already hates Lila. Uh, for yeah, being, Lila was already yeah. worried about showing up at all because the Colettes hate her, and now she's getting crapped on. Which maybe you should lay low, Lila. Maybe if nobody else is laughing, maybe you should just, you know, read the room, feel things out a little bit. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, um, actually, it just came up on my time hop a couple days ago. You may or may not remember this tweet. I know I'm pretty sure that you liked it um, from like four, three or four years ago. Um, Angie and I were at our favorite bar in Brookings. And Angie used to teach at SDSU. And one of her former students came up and said, hello. And Angie turned to me and she was like, oh, Anthony, this is my former student so-and-so. Um, he, he's really into music. Do you know who Alter Bridge is? <laughs> and I was like, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, uh, yeah, I know who Alter Bridge is. And she was like, that's his favorite band. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh so, you know, sometimes you just think things are a joke. 
Uh, man, to be fair, yeah. How is there? He might be the only person whose favorite band is Alter Bridge. Right. There are Alter Bridge Pat fans. Reiser, out I think there. is really into Alter Bridge. Uh, I feel like I've referenced this on the podcast before. Maybe not. I wrote a paper my senior year in uh, Mrs. Cutler's English class about Alter Bridge. I don't know. I don't know why. Because I was a very big Creed fan. Like, were they already Alter big. Bridge at that point? Yep. Yep. When we were still in high school, it, it like it had just happened. I was a huge Creed fan. Right. Uh, which is bold of me to say. Uh, that was only two true. two years removed from weathered. That's I'm surprised. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this but, is now a Creed podcast. <laughs> yes, I support that. Uh, mainly a Scott Stapp <laughs> podcast. Let's just do a Scott Stapp podcast. <laughs> yes, we could talk about Scott Stapp for sure. For <laughs> we could five or six episodes, no yeah. problem. Uh, we'll consider that. But uh, <laughs> she was gone for some reason for an extended amount of time, and we had Jane Doe like filling in for yep. her. And I remember I wrote that Alter Bridge was uh, more Creed than Creed, which, uh, <laughs> like, I would think, like, you kind of get what I'm saying there. Like, Absolutely, it was just yeah. like an exaggerated version of Creed. Yep. Yep. And she gave me a bad grade and wrote on my paper, how can they be more Creed than Creed? That's not possible. They're not Creed. That's a very common phrase. Yeah. Come on. So I've always, I've been pissed about that ever since. And every time, <laughs> every time I think about the band Alter Bridge, I think about that paper and how I was smarter than my senior year English teacher replacement. <laughs> Substitute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alter Bridge. Alter uh, Bridge. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I probably would have laughed out loud too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, especially uh, with it being prefaced with he knows a lot about music, like, <laughs> which I think Alter Bridge is one of those bands who, like, I think there's a certain type of person who I think if they listen to a band like Alter Bridge, Mumford and Sons is another one um, that, like, yeah. I think that people are like, oh, this isn't like a band that's getting like number one hits regularly. I must be really into music because I'm <laughs> listening to stuff outside of the mainstream, like, not realizing, like, yeah, yeah. But I will say, uh, I mean, Alter Bridge had some good songs on that first album. And then after that, like whatever, I will say very talented musicians, but they chose, they chose to use their talents on butt rock and you're just, you can only, you can only go so far <laughs> within right. that genre. I, I will say like, and I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again. Mark Tremonti, incredibly talented guitar player. Love that guy. But like, <laughs> yeah, the music that he's making and isn't doing it for me. The music that he's making, the clothes that he's wearing, and the faces that he makes <laughs> while he plays it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't really do it for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I literally had like, I would cut out uh, pictures from Guitar World magazine of Mark Tremonti and hang them on my wall in my room in high school because I thought he was dope. So um, I did not have the Mark Tremonti signature edition guitar from Paul Reed Smith guitars, but I did have the Santana signature edition uh, Paul Reed Smith, mainly because of my love for smooth <laughs> Yes. by Santana and Rob Obviously. Thomas. A mutual love of Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the ocean under the moon. Yes. Yes. That song is just 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, let's keep it moving here. Uh, laughing at Finding Nemo does not go very well for Lila. She puts her foot in her mouth and she continues to shove it deeper and deeper uh, into her mouth. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's only getting worse. And and it continues to only get worse because uh, Lou pulls up, right? As this yes. is happening. Yep. Um, and honks. Doesn't knock at the door. Nope. He <laughs> stays on the street. Stands outside and honks. So Billy walks out and Tim sees Billy and Lou arguing so tim steps out leaving lila all on her own <laughs> yeah to fend for herself she yells out after tim tim tell them how much i love finding nemo <laughs> <laughs> and tim very distractedly is like mm, yeah sweet fish <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so Billy has a little interaction with Lou, and then while they're out there, Billy feels Tim. Oh, in. no. Oh, no. That wasn't Lou. Missed. That wasn't Lou. Sorry, I forgot because I did write this guy's name down. I don't know <laughs> what the deal was with Lou earlier, but this was Falcon. <laughs> That's definitely a person you want to get into business with. <laughs> Falcon was Billy's Lou and Falcon. <laughs> I don't know what fell through with Lou, but this uh, was Falcon honking his horn. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So Billy fills Tim in on his shady dealings, business dealings with Lou and Falcon. <laughs> but oh yeah, so he's lost his wingman. Is yes. that what Lou? What was Lou supposed to be? Who did he say? Anyway, I'm confused at the makeup of the crime syndicate that he is involving right. himself with, but. I'm having a yeah. This guy Falcon was was supposed to be his wingman. Like this, oh, is, he was right. mad because Falcon backed out because Falcon was supposed to be his wingman. Yeah, okay. I don't know where Lou comes in. He's the mob boss, basically. I guess, I guess. yeah. But uh, Tim says, fee, Lou. Yeah, Tim says his plan is dumb, and offers a better plan. Like Billy kind of outlines what they're going to do. And Tim's like, well, that's dumb. You should do this instead. Yeah. Why would you take that road when you could take this road instead? Um, Cause there'll be less like eyes on you or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And th- because of that, Billy realizes, wait a minute, Tim's probably a better wingman anyway, than Ding. dumb old Falcon. <laughs> he wants Tim to help. Tim doesn't want to, uh, a big part of that is because the team barbecue is happening. Yes. He can't miss it. Yep. Um, can't even be an hour late. Right. And it's at this point that all the women in the house who have been arguing about finding Nemo and Lila's uh, judgy attitude, they, they all leave the house in a big huff and things have, things have uh, gone to pot basically with the wedding planning party. So, it's over and everybody's pissed. Yes. Uh, and yeah, Tim is trying to get Lila not to leave. Uh, Lila is also mad at him for <laughs> leaving her yeah. high and dry. And uh, so she also leaves. Yeah. Rocking a hard place for Tim. He finds himself in, in that particular area quite a bit. Yes. <sighs> Barbecue at the McCoys. It's happening there. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, they went through with it. 
the McCoys are hosting. <laughs> Coach and Tammy are driving up. Coach thinks their house looks like a sanitarium. Yeah, I I wrote down the McCoys live in an absurd house. It is rather absurd. It's, like uh, it's got to be the biggest house in Dillon. I would have to imagine. Like it is a mansion. Yeah. I wonder if even a town like Dillon has like oil money houses. You know, like super rich people. I suppose. I imagine it. I mean, if if you've got the the football team there, and that's what everybody cares about, you've got to have some just strikingly rich people in ridiculous houses. Yeah. But even if there are a lot of big houses, this is probably the biggest. Yeah. Um, coach is worried as they're walking up to the house or driving up to the house that it's only going to make things worse for Matt to have this party here at this awesome, amazing, huge house. Uh, <laughs> they pull up to the valet. Coach refuses the valet. He does not want any part of that. <clears throat> Uh, and right away when they walk in, Katie, Mom McCoy, steals Tammy right away, uh, whisks her away, and leaves Coach to fend for himself, and Coach is immediately accosted by someone uh, wanting to know what the quarterback plan for Friday is. Uh, meanwhile, Buddy and Lila are also heading to the barbecue. <laughs> Yeah. Buddy is pretty upset that he has to take Lila to the barbecue instead of Tim because that should be Tim's job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's concerned basically for Lila and her relationship with Tim. He thinks that Tim is going to break her heart and et cetera. Yeah. He once again uses this opportunity to voice his displeasure over the fact that they are together, that Tim and Lila are he, together. He is a little bit more gentle with it. I think than he has been in the past. He even says like, no, I do like Tim Riggins, but um, I just don't want you to get hurt or whatever. So he, he is a little bit softer um, than in, in previous scoldings <laughs> uh, regarding their relationship, but yeah, still right. disappointed about having to take her to the barbecue and is worried about that being, you know, kind of a trend. Yep. Meanwhile, we see Tim and Billy, they're out at the abandoned, uh, like power plant or whatever it is. Yeah. Getting that copper wiring. They pull, pull the chains off the fence door and uh, a couple of pit bulls. (laughs) Yeah. Come racing towards them. Yeah, they come out, and <laughs> as I was watching, so Billy climbs through the window of the truck for some reason. Why doesn't he just open the door and get in? I don't yeah. completely understand. Um, but yeah, they're not off to a great start. But the dogs run right past, so they apparently they just really wanted out of the power plant. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't want to be in the power plant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the, I don't know if they're even guard dogs. I think somebody just was keeping them in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh over at the party, uh Lila is listening to uh some douches recount how drunk and wild Tim is. Yeah. Looking pretty annoyed. 
basically just hearing stories about Tim being rambunctious and reckless. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tim and Billy, meanwhile, loading up the copper wire. They've they've found their target. They're getting it loaded up. Looks like a lot of work. Matt and Julie over at the party, back at the party here. Uh, they're kind of hitting it off again. They've found some private space to be together in yeah some sort of like a little balcony um they're they're flirting yeah and they get distracted by um one of them happens to see that like just inside of the balcony that they're standing in is jd's trophy room um just basically just a shrine to jd mccoy the boy billy eilish (laughs) and (laughs) right um They've got not only all of his like major trophies, but all the way down to the participation ribbons. And Matt comments on this, saying something along the lines of, "He's even got the participation participation ribbons in here. Like, I got one of those. I like I just throw those out or whatever." And I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what the what he said, but uh, JD comes in, overhears him. Matt crapping on the participation ribbons uh, makes kind of a self-deprecating joke slash comments. Like, yeah, it was almost like he was telling a self-deprecating joke, but it was also like him being like, yeah, I agree. This whole thing is dumb as hell, but also you're being an asshole. Yeah. Like it was a very, it covered a lot of ground for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I couldn't tell if he was serious or not about right. them bronzing his first diaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assume that's not serious, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So awkward moment where Matt gets caught crapping on JD by yes. JD. Uh, Lila and Tyra are hanging out at the party. Why, my question is in my notes, why is Tyra even there? How did she get an invite? Yeah, she hates football. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, why she would even be there? Maybe she's there for the free food. <laughs> she's not with Landry anymore, right? So she didn't come with Landry. I don't know. She's there. Maybe everybody, everybody in the high school is. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but Tyra makes kind of a smart-ass comment about Tim not being there. <clears throat> yeah, but she's clearly like, I think... I think it shows that she's grown tired of defending Tim all night. Like she said to hear these wild party stories and now she's got to talk to or hear it from Tyra. Um, yeah. Yep. Buddy kind of swings by checks on Lila. He's worried about her. Obviously yeah. offers her a ride home. But, um, uh, yeah, she insists that she's fine. Yep. Uh, Tim and Billy back at the power plant. They get the copper all loaded up, and Billy decides, hey, we're here. There's more. Let's just get the other three uh, while we're at it. Uh, even though it was very hard to get the first one, like obviously yeah. a lot of work. Tim really does not want to do it at all. Tim needs to get to the party. Tim thinks yes. it's stupid to begin with. Uh, but Billy really puts on a, a real big sob story. <laughs> kind of about how like 
listen, this is all I got. There's no more like Panther football and rally girls yep. for me anymore. Uh, so he, yeah, he kind of lays it on thick. And then a bunch of cops drive by with their yeah. lights on. <laughs> and we assume that they're going to get caught. But apparently the cops are on their way to somewhere else. Yeah, somebody must have uh, gotten bitten by one of those dogs. It must be animal control coming to us. <laughs> the nearby farmhouse bunch, yeah. of, bu- <laughs> bunch of kids got attacked by pit bulls <laughs> yikes so they have like a real scare and for some reason it seems like that is what convinces Tim to help Billy load up the yeah. other ones which makes zero sense yeah it doesn't make any sense at all but yep uh, Tim reluctantly agrees he's gonna Load all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. all the rest of them up. Yeah. Over at the party, coach is playing pool all by himself. Yep. Enjoying a nice solo game of billiards. <laughs> Hiding out. We gotta <laughs> yeah. Like getting away. Um, but, but not hiding out good enough. Yeah. In walks buddy, Mr. McCoy, Joe McCoy, and some other guy. That's the quarterback coach, Wade. Oh, got it. Yep. They, uh, they're pressuring coach to play JD and go with the spread against Arnett Mead. gets real tense, gets real ugly. And we kind of, we, we see past the nice kind Cuban cigar and whiskey gifting side of Joe McCoy. And we just kind of see the blatant dark side of, of the stud of suds. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's no mistake that the stud of suds got to that position to where he is today. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. We, we cut from there to coach and Tammy back home uh, after the party, maybe a couple hours later. And um, they're exhausted. The The party was a lot for them. Uh, coach mentions to Tammy, you know who I really miss? Coach's wife. Yeah. To which Tammy retorts, you know who I can't wait to meet? The principal's husband. Ooh. Yeah. Touche, <laughs> coach says. Uh, yeah, I wrote that one down too. Pretty, pretty important, powerful quote there. Yes, from yes. the Taylors. Uh, we're finally, uh, finally going to get some football here. Yeah, it's game it's, time. It's game time. We hear who I assume to be slamming Sammy Mead on the radio, and he says. It's Friday night, folks, and if you're at Herman Field in Dillon, Texas, you're exactly where God wants you to be. <laughs> Bold statement about the will of God from yeah. Sam and Slam. <laughs> you did it again? Yeah. Uh, uh, they make it very clear right away that this game is about Matt versus JD, basically. Yeah, yeah. Matt is... Uh, yeah, the starting quarterback, but there's pressure on coach, obviously, as we've talked about, to get J.D. McCoy in there. And Matt is playing, I would argue, the game of his life yeah, he's up killing to this it. point. Yeah. 
He's playing uh, well. He's getting drilled on almost every play, but he's getting back up. Yeah. Taking a beating or taking a licking and keeps on ticking. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I noticed in the the opening huddle, what we're supposed to think is the very first um, play of the game. Uh, Saracen is yelling at the team something about, I don't know if you're not up to this or whatever, you can get the hell out of my huddle or something like that. But he's already lost his voice. So I just noticed that like, I'm pretty sure they filmed this late in the day for filming. (laughs) Because yeah, Matt already sounds like he can barely talk. Arnett Mead's really good on defense. Like we said, Saracen is getting drilled. He's getting beat up really good. A couple of late hits. Exactly. Arnett Mead's playing dirty. We see Tim Riggins score a touchdown and everybody is celebrating. (laughs) But, But we see Buddy looking very unconvinced in the crowd. Like, oh, I don't <laughs> I know. I didn't know. I don't that. know. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like super pumped because the Panthers score right. and Buddy's like, oh, gee, this isn't good. <laughs> uh, Saracen continues to play well, as does Riggins. Um, Saracen continues to get beat up. We get a shot of Matt bleeding from his eyebrow. Um, but yeah, he's sticking in there. So the Panthers are down 17 to 21 with yeah, a minute, minute and a half 20. Left. Yep. Uh, minute 24 left in the game. Saracen's kind of looking like a badass with the blood running down his yeah. face in the huddle. Clock's winding down. Seven seconds left. Matt's scrambling. He's breaking tackles. We get like this isolated sound of Matt yeah. breathing. Uh, it's super intense. Matt dives into the end zone. Looks like a game winner. Looks like he crossed the plane to me before he got hit. But yeah, I'd like to see a review of yeah. this. But if only we had that jumbotron. It's <laughs> oh, a great point. Uh, but it turns out he fumbled it before crossing the goal line. Um, we get <laughs> several shots, reaction shots of people in the stands. Billy is up there looking forlorn. Buddy's looking scared, I thought, like freaked out. And Joe McCoy, being the real dick that he is, is up there looking pretty smug. Yeah. And Coach is looking like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) So, end of the game, Panthers lose. Saracen gets real close to being the hero, but falls uh, depressingly short. Yeah. Um, after the game, what we're supposed to take as a while after the game, yeah. Uh, Matt and Julie talk. Matt says, I was trying to wait out everybody so I didn't have to answer any questions. So, we're talking, he probably sat in the locker room for about two hours. That'd be my guess, yeah. But they they decide to have a little, little walk and talk, a little chat. Julie tells him, Hey, we don't have to talk about football if you don't want to. And Matt says he wants to go somewhere else and talk about anything but football. And the quote as they walk away, as I referenced before, is, oh, they made me employee of the month at Alamo Freeze again. Again. <laughs> uh, Smash comes home. Mama's crashing out on the couch. You can tell she's dog tired from working hard. And Smash tells Mama he's not going to go to the walk-on tryout that he has coming up. He's going to take the regional manager job of Alamo Freeze. 
and mama says oh hell no i'm pretty sure literally she says yeah, she no. says hell no i wrote that down in my notes she says yeah. hell no uh and she kind of calls him out here like what's wrong with you and smash says you know i've done everything right uh i've done everything i was supposed to do and it's still not enough to which mama replies like listen you're gonna keep doing things right that was that's what makes you a man uh i rate the son that i raised is a man you're gonna go to that tryout you're gonna go to play and you're going to okay i I think i wrote this down yeah uh and you going to play like god made you to and you're going to go to that college you will let me help i am your mama that is my job i will help you out so mama kind of gets after him here Mm -hmm. a little bit for giving up on his dreams so easily Tim shows up at the Garrity apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Buddy answers the door and he is pissed. Yeah, he's ready to throw down. Like he's, re- he's ready to throw hands over yes. this. Yeah. How dare you show up here? You have a lot of nerve uh, to show up here after what you pulled on, uh, you know, the other night. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Tim apologizes. Uh, well, Lila comes to the door. Are you are you sure, Lila? Can you can you handle it? Yeah, you know. So Tim apologizes to Lila. Lila tells him, um, you know, everybody keeps telling me that you're gonna, you know, that you're a bad guy, and all I do is defend you and tell everybody how good of a guy you are. Like, mm-hmm. please don't make a fool out of me. Uh, to which Tim promises he won't. I was surprised, and once again, it's been over 10 years since I've seen this episode, I'm pretty sure, that I thought for sure like Lila was going to break up with him. I can't believe that she yeah. is giving him another chance after the Finding Nemo thing and not showing up to the barbecue at all. Yeah, it'd be pretty justified if she chose to <laughs> get a rough couple off. of days as a yep. friend. Yep. But she doesn't. Uh, after this, we get the sad closing montage music that we typically get. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on what the song was. I sure did. I shazammed it. Uh, name of the song is the Prairie song and it is by Jean loves Jezebel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Jean loves Jezebel. Uh, all right. Um, so as the sad closing montage music plays, Coach and Tammy come home. There's four sale signs everywhere in their lawn. Coach angrily rips them out of the ground. Uh, Lila sadly watches Tim drive away. Tim sadly drinks a beer in their backyard as Billy covers up the co- copper wire. Matt and Julie walk down the street, kind of flirtily pushing each other. Avoiding mm-hmm. the sad reality of Matt's football future. Yes. And then we see Tammy consoling coach as he sadly contemplates his own football future. Um, before we jump into the awards for the week, I do have to mention this from this little montage mm-hmm. that the Billy and Tim are in their backyard, which has an outdoor pool. <laughs> right? I noticed this as well. And I was also very like, what the heck? Now, I do know that in Texas, it is m- pretty common to sure. have a pool in your backyard. And it was not 
filled. Although I guess this would be like what September, Fall. October. Yeah. So probably not. But yes, I was also surprised to see that. Like, really? The Riggins have a yeah. house, their little ranch house, dump of a ranch house has a pool yeah. in the back. Like, looked like a very nice, like entertaining space in the yeah. backyard, you know, like kind of a little patio and yeah, but okay. That's the end of the episode. Uh, I believe that's all we have for our plot. So we will be right back. We'll get to our awards for the week. All right, we're back. We're going to get to our awards for the week. We're going to start out as we always do with the coach Taylor inspo rating of the week. Um, Anthony, what did you think about how, inspiring coach was this week he didn't in my opinion he didn't do a ton of inspiring okay interesting i think he he was a real double-edged sword in this episode i was very inspired by him sticking to his guns about matt saracen true um on the flip side of that um kind of threw an unnecessary fit about the barbecue yes um you know handled that pretty immaturely um kind of handled a lot of interactions with Tammy kind of immaturely. Yeah. So I'm going to land on like a five and a half to a six. I think that's fair. Cause I think it, it really evened out. I, I did feel like the barbecue storyline was a little bit more pro- in my mind was more prominent when it came to the inspo rating. Uh, the negative side of things outweighed the positive. Um, so I would I would lean towards just a wash with with a five. He did stick with Matt, which is good. Um, he was under a lot of pressure, but um, yeah, he kind of acted like a tool with the yeah. barbecue. I don't blame him for wanting to have the barbecue at his house, but also he was basically putting that all on Tammy and not taking yeah. Tammy's uh, situation into account. So. Coach, we're giving you a five this week. Um, not impressive, but not a failure. Julie Taylor Hadometer. We didn't have a ton of Julie. We did see her rekindling things with Matt. Yeah. Um, part of me is tempted to go into the positives on this just because I know where that leads. But in the context of the episode, you know, I think a zero to a negative one. I, I wanna I wanna give Julie a negative uh for this episode because it was kinda, you know, especially if you put yourself in the place of a first time viewer, um, it's a little heartwarming to see Matt and Julie hitting it off again. Mm-hmm. So we know better. Right. But hindsight's twenty twenty though. Yep. So we'll go with uh a negative one. The big rig beer tally, we had at least one, right? We had two. Ooh. All right. Yep. At the wedding planning party and as he's uh, getting home to help with Billy at the end. Okay. So two beers for Tim. The Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. <sighs> Not a ton of Goofus Malufusness. Things no. didn't go well for Matt. No. But it's not because he was being a Goofus Malufus. It's right. just purely football, basically. We'll give Matt a pass this week. Um, Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Not a ton of Buddy sleaze. I guess bringing 
uh, Joe McCoy and the coach. That's it. Uh, into the the billiard room. <laughs> yes, yes. That that move that they pulled on coach that power move for sure. All right, notable music cues. Uh, Gene loves Jezebel. Gene loves Jezebel. The Prairie uh, Song. Yep. Anything? Was there anything else you noticed besides that? That's the only one that I wrote down. Okay. I'll see if there's anything on the IMDb page. Oh, there was apparently other songs. Uh, Two uncredited songs. I wonder if those were performed at the bar. Three uncredited, four uncredited, five uncredited, six. Oh, God, there's a lot. Jeez. um, Oh, there's a song called Son the Father by the band Up. I didn't catch the Texas Eyes by the Cornell Herd Band. I've got a woman in San Angelo by the Cornell Herd Band. Those have got to be at the right. Seven Senoritas Cantina or whatever. We're all were stuck at. out in the desert, performed by Jonathan Rice. Free time, performed by the Agrilites. And I guess we'll all be in the morning, performed by Hey Bell. So a lot of uncredited songs. Freak Ya Loneliness, performed by Bumblebees. <laughs> the Prairie Song, written by Jin. Gene Loves Jezebel and Bixby Canyon Bridge by Death Cab for Cutie. How did I not catch that? I love that song. Yeah, I definitely that's, did not notice any. That's got to be a different Death episode. Cab. I wonder if that credited the wrong episode because I feel like I remember that song being featured in this show. Sure. Um, and it's more prominent. I wonder if that got, I wonder uh, if that got screwed up. Um, I regularly question the music cues. Yeah, that maybe wasn't the uh, uh, most accurate. Because I, I swear I do remember Bigsby Canyon Bridge being featured in an episode like prominently in season three. And I think we'll hear it and I'll immediately be like, that's it. So we'll we'll co- come back to that. If season three ends and I don't come back to Death Cab for <laughs> Cutie, then you can yeah. put me on blast. All right. We'll go with Gene Loves Jezebel. Never a good idea to love Jezebel. Um, but Gene does outdated pop culture reference of the week. Anything you got there? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, outdated pop culture. Uh, I didn't write anything down. I'm trying to think if there was, I mean, maybe is copper wire still worth money? <laughs> I think it is. A, a, okay. Yeah, I think it is. I actually. So we had a barn on one of our properties that we rented that we had permission from the owner to go rip all the copper wire out of the f- barn that was falling down on there. So I actually like spent the day once ripping copper wire out of a barn because people actually go around like around Platt, they'll go around to old barns and they will steal the copper wire out of it because it's so valuable. Uh, so the owner was like, yeah, you guys go get it before somebody else does. And I made like, I remember making like a hundred dollars in high school selling copper wire out of an old barn, huh. which is nice. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm looking up just death cap for cutie and Friday night lights. Cause I swear that there's, <laughs> and I saw the, you. there, well, there was a tweet that was like, I often think about the montage and that episode of Friday night lights set to death cap for cutie. And like, we clearly did not get that. Right. This is the first track because the Canyon Bridge was used at the end of the Friday Night Lights episode, How the Other Side Lives. What? I, no, it wasn't. I wonder, you know what? I wonder if it was 
when it aired and they yeah. had to replace it I on the DVD. It. And you know what? I bet that's it. I I think that actually would make a ton of sense. Why the IMDb section, the music section of IMDb for these episodes, I just said like it regularly confuses me because I don't, mm-hmm. it's like, I do not remember these songs on there. I bet that's what it is. I bet like yep. the, the original airing and then they couldn't get the rights. So they replaced it for a lot of these. Yep which is why the IMDb looks strange. So that makes sense. I wonder, I'm going to quick just pull up the Hulu. Did you watch it on Hulu or did you watch the DVD? Hulu, I believe. And you, yeah, you probably wouldn't have noticed the, I mean, you would have noticed that it was death cab. So it's probably still. Yeah. Just see like maybe if they were able to gain the original rights back, but yeah, I don't think they're there yet. Coming up. I, I could check it on Peacock. Uh, right, which would well, I suppose Hulu and Peacock would have. Yeah, the that would be same the same version. thing, I would imagine. But you know. God, it's disappointing that even on the DVD, which was produced like months after, right. you would think that they could have. Yeah, got the original. Well, interesting. Let's keep tabs on that for yeah. future episodes, like what the IMDb says, and if there's stuff that we feel yeah. like is missing compared to that. All right, let's uh, let's talk about our quote of the episode. I actually wrote down a decent amount for this, and and I know you got at least one that I didn't. So here are some nominations: uh, Lila yelling to Tim. Tim, tell them how much I love Finding Nemo. <laughs> Tim, like, mm, yeah, sweet fish, <laughs> sweet fish. Uh, that's a nomination. Matt Saracen. Oh, uh, they made me Employee of the Month at the Alamo Freeze again. Uh, that made me laugh. I have <laughs> Matt Saracen. Uh, meanwhile, I got this freshman Joe Doyle breathing down. <laughs> <my neck. laughs> uh, and then I also have on a more serious note, you know who I miss? I miss the coach's wife. You know who I can't wait to meet? The principal's husband. Yeah. That's the only one that I had written down. And to me, that's the quote of the episode. Fair enough. I love Joe Doyle, but Joe Doyle is a good bit, but (laughs) I think it's more substantial. You're right. All right. Uh, Who are we giving the MVP of the episode to this week? I mean, Smash got offered a regional manager position. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I think this is a Tim centric episode. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm inclined to give it to Tim. Although he wasn't necessarily he was involved in criminal activities yeah. and stood up. But he's also girlfriend. in a tough position. Yeah, he's navigating in both situations. Yeah. And he comes out okay on both yeah, for now aspects of things. Um okay. I mean Matt had a hell of a football game is really I mean facing a lot of pressure and standing up to it. So you know what? I think I think actually Matt Saracen is my MVP. I kind of lean towards Matt. If he would have actually crossed the goal line without fumbling, he'd be the shoe in for sure. If he yeah. was the hero of the game, but I feel like overall, uh, I think like, I think Matt's the right choice. Tim gets an honorable mention. He does, yeah. but all right. What are we rating this episode this week? Uh, I mean, I thought it was pr- pretty good overall. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Not necessarily outstanding. No. 
I'll use an allegory, but I promise this comes back around Friday Night Lights and this episode. Um, I've been using Letterboxd um, frequently lately with just every movie I watch. I just give a small like two movie dude one size two sentence review (laughs) or so. I'm in a star rating and I have realized I've really fallen hard on the like three and a half star rating because that's just like a, a way of being like, I really liked watching this or like maybe I used to really love this movie and it's still like a comfort movie for me. Like that's like a three and a half star. And so I think that's a good, like a seven out of 10 is a good place uh, to put an episode like this. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say a seven and a half. So, I mean, yeah, we don't really on our scale, let's just say a lower end seven. For Um, sure. I I think I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, so good, but not great, but yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So finally, what is the, the lesson that we're taking away from this episode of Friday Night Lights? If your brother gets you involved in a criminal activity, it may seem really sketchy, but probably you're going to get away with it. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you'll be able to put on a really nice wedding for your brother. So <laughs> do it for him all right that pretty much wraps us up for this week's episode of reliving the lights um man it's nice to be in season three is it not yeah it really is Mm -hmm. it's like season two was way better than i remembered it being but it's still is pretty um like compared to season three like being uh, on either side, season one and season three, which to my recollection are the two best seasons. And so far, uh, that's, yeah, that's holding true. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't hold a candle to them. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I wouldn't say that season two was better than I remembered it. I would word it more as season two is not as bad <laughs> as I remember. That's a, it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a little nuance. Fair point. There. Fair point. Uh, all right. Uh, my parting question to you then is uh, what do you think you're going to buy next on eBay? Ooh, uh, well, you know, I've been working my way through uh, those John Bryan albums. I've been really keeping an eye on those and there's an album I tweeted about it and I texted to you that I want is my my summer 2021 vibe inspiration (laughs) uh, called Pink Cadillac uh, where John Prine is on the cover. He's got roughly the same length hair that I currently have Uh a similar mustache to what I currently have with the soul patch. Yeah. And he's wearing jeans, a black button up t-shirt and a black like blazer um, and smoking a cigarette. Um, And so um, I I don't think that's widely regarded as one of his best, but I think I got to pick it up uh, just because it's a great album cover. I like it. I probably won't actually buy this on eBay, but I'm going to say I've been really set on revamping our back deck and patio situation. And I've been buying a lot of like small random things for that. Uh, I'm building a propane fire pit. And so I'm like constantly looking for these little like adapters and parts for propane. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to buy some patio furniture as a combination Mother's Day, Father's Day gift. Uh, going to do some string lights. I'm mounting some outdoor speakers. So I'm going to say my next eBay nice. purchase is going to be something back patio related slash bird feeder related because that 
is also has to do with my back patio because the tree is right there beside it. But I'm also a little obsessed with attracting uh, beautiful songbirds to sure. our backyard. So yeah. uh, get yourself yeah. a decent uh, pair of binoculars. I imagine you know it's close enough. I do want oh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, but it's dude. like. 10, it's like 10 feet from our kitchen window. Sure. So I just stand there in the morning with my cup of coffee, watch the birds fly in for the morning. Usually uh, the the house finches come in first, then the gold finches, and then the cardinal, uh, the couple cardinals that live in our backyard might show up. Um, so yeah, that's, Let's, yeah. I, I, as you know, recently purchased a pair of binoculars about a <laughs> month right. ago. Yes. Um, because... <laughs> Um, we, where we live, our apartment, our balcony overlooks the newly or relatively newly built Levitt shell. Yeah. And one day, like an unseasonably warm day in February or March, I looked out our bedroom window and I noticed that there was somebody just like in the green space, like where the crowd would be Uh for a concert, the Levitt shell, like probably 50 yards out. And just sitting there in the middle and I couldn't tell what they were doing. And I was like, man, I wish I could tell what they were doing. And so I bought myself a pair of binoculars. So next time I see something like that, I can keep an eye on and know what's going on. So a little bit of small town Dutchman. Yeah. Old uh, man Tony. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other night, well, two or three weeks ago now, um, there was some, I looked out our window as I was going to bed around midnight and uh, on a Saturday night and there was some youths. Um, uh, next under a, under a streetlight in the little, uh, steel mill next door that we live right next to. Uh And they were, uh, smoking something. Um, (laughs) one of them had a can of something I couldn't see close enough. Right. I I mean, I, I, I could see, uh, in my binoculars that it probably wasn't, uh, it probably wasn't soda and tobacco, but, (laughs) um, I kept kept an eye on them. I Sorry. assume you called the cops immediately. <laughs> I, I kept kept an eye on them to make sure they weren't causing any real trouble. Good. And uh, didn't look like they were. I probably watched them for about 10 minutes and they were just, you know, just chatting. So I, I went to bed. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, I hope nothing happened that you could have prevented. Right. <laughs> A violent crime was committed in my neighborhood later that night. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh if you, you know, frequent eBay, feel free to buy some of my cards that I'm trying <laughs> to sell to justify the purchases I've made uh, in recent months. And uh, we are very grateful for you all joining us. We continue to climb in listenership and that's cool. That's That's awesome. fun. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that makes... I, we'd be doing this anyway, you know, if we yeah. were getting, if we were getting 30 people listening to each episode... I'd still be doing it, yep. but uh, it's awesome that you all are tuning in and that more and more of you are joining all the time. So shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. As um, always. We appreciate you especially. And uh, that's it for this week of Reliving the Lights. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.